Yep. Mm-hmm. Gun laws for you, not the bad guys. No, no, listen. Gun laws for you, but not the bad guys. Tim Kaine makes the most amazing interpretation of the Second Amendment you've ever heard. Stop what you're doing. You've got to hear a United States senator butcher it. That's coming up. And it's time to stop. It's time to stop the lobbying group that is hurting our children. That is next. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio, as the founding fathers intended. My name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother, is, uh, is not here again today. I'll give you an update on him with a smile on my face in just a second. But first, 454-1366, 454-1366. Phone lines are open. We're up and running here. I am uh, your solo host of the only two-headed talk show in Richmond for the next three hours. Coming up at 4 o'clock, the march on Fort, on, on, uh, on um, what is it, March 14th. The march on March 14th. That's what it is. The protest, that is. The kids are walking out of your local high school on March 14th. You going to let them? You going to let your high school students walk out of class on March 14th? We'll discuss that at 4 o'clock. And, of course, Medicaid debate. We're going to have one, a good one. Julian Walker had joined me, and um, we'll see how that turns out. It'll probably tear me limb to limb. At 5 o'clock, banning white people. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. No, I'm dead serious. Banning white people by Chuck Schumer and the University of Texas, San Antonio. We'll talk about that. And, of course, Trump and his, his war on tariffs or his tariffs war that he started. Tons of stuff happening all on this edition of uh, the Lee Brothers. Me, Scott Lee, by myself. Here's the update. And I say it with a smile on my face. This has been an interesting year for the Lee household. I mean, we're, what do you mean? March 2nd, and we've had the most unbelievable two months of any family. I wish I could tell you all the details other than even Richard's massive surgery and absence from the show. It's beyond that. And and if if we ever get together again on the show, we will. It's coming up very soon. Maybe we'll give you all the details of how all the impacts of different sides of our family have been an incredible 2018. I wish we could start over. I'd like that. Um, Richard is in rehab. Richard has uh, left the ICU, the cardiac ICU. Things are looking extremely good. Talked to him today, just a ball of energy and fun. And uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you that we are probably uh, together next week. That's the, that's the hope. And it won't take much of a miracle, although Richard's got one tube still coming out of him. It's, it's, uh, it's all positive. So here's what I want to tell you. I, I, your prayers are working. I know the left still goes on about how thoughts and prayers don't make a difference, but I'm telling you, they do. I saw Richard make an amazing recovery over the last four to five weeks, and he is um, sitting up in his hospital bed with one tube coming out, still got a couple little complications. He's, he's a champ, and uh, things are very, very good for the Lee brothers So, in regards to Richard. So that is a, a great answer to prayer. So thank you for, um, for doing that and, and continue to pray for his return, which, will fingers crossed, will be here next week. The two-headed talk show will, will uh, return in its uh, original format, and the show will improve at least by 50%. It is time to stop the lobbying group that is hurting our children. This is preposterous. And the thing is, the money they continue to push on politicians is impacting the way they vote. 
And this lobbying group, let's just face the facts. They're responsible for the death of children. You heard this all week long. In fact, we could put the number at over 300,000 that we know for sure have been directly attributed to the death of children by this lobby group. And make no mistake, they spent million. They spent $38 million last year impacting and influencing your senators and congressmen to vote in their favor. And it's decimating our children. And we allow it. They run ads. They pay off congressmen. They impact decisions that do nothing but wreak havoc. Some have called them donations are stained with blood. I would agree with that. This lobby group is personally responsible for, some would say, doing the math, over 800 deaths a day, a single day. On one lobby group, I have in my hand a list this year alone of the congressmen that have received money from this lobby group. It is over $100,000 already, and it's barely two months into the year. This lobby group is relentless. They are bent on, oh, sure, they claim protections in the Constitution, but should we really even listen to that? If they're responsible for over 300,000 deaths that we know about, that's what we know. We see the, the press. We know what happens. This lobby group is devastating. And no matter what they claim, should we really let lobby groups like this one specifically impact the direction of our country? Why should we let politicians be impacted in this way? It's disgusting. Lobby group, I mean, sure, they got their little acronyms, and they, their saying even makes it sound like they care about, you know, all the rights and people and that type of thing. But this lobby group is responsible for deaths. We know this to be the case, and yet it continues. What? I didn't tell you the lobby group? Oh, it's Planned Parenthood. It's Planned Parenthood. They gave $38 million of money to congressmen last year and senators. They're responsible for 328,000 deaths in abortions. You, who did you think I was talking about? You thought I was talking about the National Rifle Association? The National, you thought that's who I was talking about? Oh, well, I must have. I, I didn't know you could attribute deaths to the NRA. How can you possibly do that? Planned Parenthood has been accused of trafficking aborted baby parts. Where's the outrage for that? None. The donations for Planned Parenthood gives its congressmen all kinds of money. If liberals want to try to shame Second Amendment supporters by trying to say gun control is about saving lives, quote, because life is sacred, shouldn't there be some pause about receiving donations from the nation's largest abortion provider? I mean, are they really protesting the National Rifle Association under the banner of pro-life? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously? The same left group that by the way, just as a comparison, in case you don't know, the NRA donated $3.5 million to, to uh, Congress last year. Planned Parenthood, $38 million. Does the National Rifle Association, is its organization in the budget? Nope. Is Planned Parenthood in the budget? Yes. 
is the is is the left, which worships at the altar Planned Parenthood, now attacking the Second Amendment and using the slogan "Stand for Life" in its rallies, and they are. Now the NRA, by contrast, does not advocate gun violence or even promote a culture of death. They've got a legitimate Second Amendment argument. The NRA, by the way, is the nation's largest gun safety advocacy group. Maybe we should be funding them. Safety advocacy group. That lobby group, the NRA, is a safety advocate group for guns, and we don't fund them, but we fund Planned Parenthood. Where is the outrage? What's the worst lobby group? You be the judge of that. All right, coming up, I promise you, Tim Kaine. You, I'm telling you, do not go anywhere. You are not hearing this anywhere. The most outrageous interpretation of the Second Amendment I have ever heard by a United States senator. That is next. And your phone calls, 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers, I'm Scott Lee. 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the Second only when necessary. On AMA 20 97.7 FM, The Answer. How about that? In honor of Billy Graham. This is Zach Williams, great Christian uh, artist, phenomenal song. Good bump in. Awesome song. 454-1366, Scott Lee here by myself. Richard Lee soon to follow in the next week or so. He's in rehab and in great shape. And much encouraged by the news on Richard. Which, by the way, if this uh, you know, when Richard gets back, we're gonna have to make every one of the bumps from Zach Williams and kind of uh, t- crank up the uh, the uh, the Christian aspect of that. That's awesome. Good stuff there on the bump in. So, Congress needs to stop saying yes to the NRA and start saying yes to the American children. Uh, really, the NRA? How about Planned Parenthood? Um, we just did a uh, just talked about that as Planned Parenthood is really the Worst lobbying group, not the NRA. Now, this is uh, obviously a huge time to discuss guns. Tim Kaine went to the floor of the Senate this week. Our U.S. senator went to the floor of the Senate and made the most amazing statement on the Second Amendment I've ever heard. And, and I pro- I've not heard this anywhere. Perhaps it's, um, it's been discussed, but I've just missed it. It hasn't shown up in any blogs, nowhere. This is his interpretation of what the Second Amendment means. And he's doing it in the context of trying to debunk what people are saying about the Second Amendment. Here's United States Senator Tim Kaine. And the third liar falsehood that we had to confront repeatedly from the National Rifle Association was gun safety rules violate the Second Amendment. Those evil NRA guys. Hang on, I didn't mean to stop that, but those NRA people. Yeah, we have to completely debunk all the things they're saying. Well, um, why? I mean, did they pick up the gun? No, they're just an advocacy group for the Second Amendment. So that we had to confront repeatedly from the National Rifle Association was gun safety rules violate the Second Amendment. That is just flat out wrong. Sure it is. In fact, the Second Amendment is the only amendment whose text even uses the word regulation. What? A (laughs) well-regulated militia... The need for a well-regulated militia. You hear what he's saying? This is the most unbelievable. He actually thinks 
that the Second Amendment is claiming it should regulate itself. I, I, I don't even know what to say to this. Has anyone ever read that and said a well-regulated militia means that the federal government should regulate its own amendment? Are you kidding me? The Second Amendment is the only amendment whose text even uses the word regulation. Why? Why does it use the word regulated? Have you ever thought about that? You think it means actually the government should regulate it? Tim Kaine, I can't believe you're a U.S. senator. Has anyone, here's what the, here's what the Second Amendment actually says, and then we'll finish listening to Tim Kaine. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's worded in such a way that a well-regulated militia is referring to the people, that the people are well-organized. I've never read it to say, oh, a well-regulated militia, meaning that the government must step in and regulate guns and what they can carry? Am I... Has anyone ever heard this interpretation? 454-1366. I have never heard this. Now, I've heard a lot of people say the militias, the military, or the people aren't, even though if you read the whole thing, you can see that it, the actual Second Amendment was written as a necessity to security of a free state. A free state from whom? From a free people from whom? The Second Amendment was actually written to check a standing army. The, the founder said, if you're going to have an army in the government, then you're gonna, we're going to allow the people to check the army. That was the entire intent of it. That, can you believe this? I'm going to play this back again. Tim Kaine is actually suggesting that the word a well-regulated militia means that the government should regulate the Second Amendment. Here it is again. In fact, the Second Amendment is the only amendment whose text even uses the word regulation. <laughs> a well-regulated militia... The need for a well-regulated militia gives individuals the right to bear arms. What does the phrase well-regulated mean? Tell us. It's not a reference to the length of somebody's beard or the kind of hat they should wear. There's an understanding that firearms are dangerous, and if individuals are to have the right to have them, there also must need to be some appropriate level of regulation. Unbelievable. Folks, this is, this is heresy. This is, this is stretching like I've never heard anyone Nowhere has anyone ever proposed that the Second Amendment uses the word regulated so that senators and kings and queens like Tim Kaine can actually regulate firearms. Absurd. I'll explain more in further detail on why it's absurd. When you understand the context of the Second Amendment, Tim Kaine, embarrassing. I, if... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone's heard this. I haven't. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454-1366. Richard will be back to prove me wrong. <laughs> He's probably chomping at the bit to get back to prove me wrong. Speaking of wrong, Tim Kaine. Never heard this argument in my entire life that the Second Amendment, because it says a well-regulated militia, means that Tim Kaine has a right to regulate it. Absurdity beyond absurd. Walter from Midlothian, you're on with Scott Lee and the Lee Brothers. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Maybe you can help clarify something for me. Doesn't Planned Parenthood get a good percentage of their money from the federal government? They do. So they turn around and donate the money that is our money 
to whoever, whatever political candidates they want, right? That, that's correct. Thirty-eight million to be exact last year. I heard that. That doesn't make sense. Am I am I wrong or what? Well, maybe the NRA would be funded by the federal. I mean, it's absurd. There's no question about it, Walter. It's just that's absurd. I know it is, and it just infuriates me when I hear things like this. Well, me too, and that's you know maybe we should uh, we get out there and, and make the case that it is absurd, but you know what? It's amazing to me how Planned Parenthood every year gets back in the budget. It's just it's it's radical. It's absurd. They should stand on their own, like any other lobbying group. John from Chesterfield. John with the Lee brothers. Scott Lee here. Buenos tardes, Scott. Missing Richard. He's on our prayer list over here. Thank you, John. Thank you. Hey, look. Uh, a guy by the name of Tench Cox put it like this. In, in discussing and teaching about the Second Amendment, February 20, 1788, the Congress has no power to disarm the militia. Their swords and every terrible implement of the soldier are the birthright of Americans. The unlimited power of the sword is not in the hands of either the federal or the state government where in, I hope and trust in God, it will always remain in the hands of the people. Well, Tim Kaine says it says he could regulate it. It says it in there. I mean, come on, John. It says a well-regulated militia. I mean, obviously that means that Tim Kaine can regulate yeah, it. Yeah, but the right of the people shall not be infringed. That's right. Not the right of the government to infringe on the people. Tinchcock said it so beautifully. He did. It is not in the hands of the government, not the state or the federal, to disarm the people. You know, John, thank, thanks for the call. You're right. And what's frustrating about Tim Kaine is you want to have an argument about the Second Amendment. Do it legitimately. This is this is poppycock. This is the most absurd rationale I've ever heard. We'll continue to take the, talk about this, play it again, and your phone calls, 454-1366. Meanwhile, visit us at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers for our page. 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 97.7 FM. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. He's He's the Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW. My name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend and brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. Of course, he isn't here with me today. He's still in the hospital after five weeks of massive surgery and uh, three organs taken out. By the way, he's got, he's got the most amazing story. When he gets back here, and our hope is next week, uh, we're going to tell you about it, and it will just blow your mind what he's been through in our entire Lee household. is It's just, it's just amazing. Um, but uh, the prayer is that he will be back here next week. Talk to him today. It sounds phenomenal, in great spirits, has one tube still stuck. I mean, it needs to be taken out surgically. And that will be happening hopefully this week. And then uh, he'll be sitting right here, right here with the only two-headed talk show in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Coming up at 4 o'clock, your comments on this march, this protest happening March 14th. You know what this is? This is all the high school kids get to get out for 17 minutes. Some leftist group is promoting this. And they want your kid to step out of class in the middle of school on March 14th to go stand in the parking lot for 17 minutes as a protest against guns and firearms. Do you support your kid protesting? We'll talk about that at 4 o'clock. 
and uh, my take on it, whether I'd let my son, who, who brought this to my attention, by the way, because his teacher is saying, here's how you can do this. I, their teachers are saying, "Go." it's absurd. At 4 o'clock, we'll discuss, discuss it. All right, more back on Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine uh, is suggesting that the Second Amendment is uh, self-regulating because it says a well-regulated militia. I've never heard this argument. I would expect someone to give me an update on where it comes from. Maybe I've just had my head in the ground. And I've heard some incredible arguments against the Second Amendment that it doesn't mean that people can keep and bear arms, that it shall not be infringed doesn't mean shall not be infringed. But I've never heard anyone tell me that because it starts out a well-regulated militia that it means that the government should regulate it. Absurd. Flat out wrong. You In fact, are. the Second Amendment is the only amendment whose text even uses the word regulation. A well-regulated militia, the uh, need for a well-regulated militia gives individuals the right to bear arms. What does the phrase well-regulated mean? <laughs> Obviously not what it, you It's think. not a reference to the length of somebody's beard or the kind of hat they should wear. There's an understanding that firearms are dangerous, and if individuals are to have the right to have them, there also must need to be some appropriate level of regulation. Is he a U.S. senator? This guy's an United States senator. Actually thinks that in the text it says well-regulated militia means that the government can regulate it. Now, nobody I've ever met read it that way. If you hear the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to secure the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I always, always read that as it was intended to be written. In other words, a well-regulated militia meaning the people, the militia is the people that are well-organized and um, prepared. That's how I always read it. That the, the term regulated, just because the term, the word is in there, doesn't mean that you, Tim Kaine, and all the rest of you kings and queens can try to regulate it. The term meant only what it says, that the necessary militia will be regulated, but not by a national government. This is... Pre- Four five four thirteen sixty six. Have you ever heard this? And does Tim Kaine just discredit himself as being a U.S. senator? Let me give you a uh, a deeper background into to really what's going on here. Remember the overriding purpose of the framers, right after the Constitution. Madison promised this. Patrick Henry demanded it, and guaranteeing the right of the people to keep and bear arms was a check on the standing army. What standing army, Scott Lee? What are you talking about? Well, the Constitution gave Congress the power to raise and support a standing army. So the original founders and the people were like, wait a second. If we're going to have a standing army by a federal government, we ought to have a people that can defend themselves against it, which might make you rethink the AR-15 argument. Who needs an AR-15, Scott Lee? Who needs one? Uh, A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state might need one especially if the standing army against them has one. Oh, that's getting in the way of history. George Mason remarked to his Virginia delegates regarding the colony's recent experiments with Britain, in which Monarch's goal had been to disarm the people, was the best and most effectual way to enslave them. The overriding goal of the Second Amendment is a check upon a national government standing army. Thus, the well-regulated militia necessary to secure a free state was a militia that might someday fight against a standing army not um and and uh not to be to be regulated by congress why would tim kane think this how could he come up with this 
Maybe I'm missing something. Joseph from Suffolk. You're on with the Lee brothers, Scott Lee. I think it's genius what the left is doing by having Tim Kaine say that. What it is, it's just like uh, it was with gay marriage. Like 35 years ago, we all kind of laughed at it, and look at it now. So right now they're throwing it out there just for it's all in everybody's brain. And say 20 years ago when the snowflakes take over, they're all going to believe what they've heard uh, for the last uh, 20 years. You know what, though, Joseph? I do think words mean something. And I think in this context, there's no way Tim King can get away with this. I just don't. Now, Not now. Not now he can't. But 20 years from now, 30 years from now. The word would change? Out there. I, just, I, I, can't, I, I can't believe it, though. I'm blown away that they even thought up this. Yeah. This is all, you know, this, is a, this, is, this isn't him just saying it. This is like a well, I've never heard this. agency. They're, no. Uh, I've never heard this is, argument against, against the, no, the ability to regulate new. it. This is, this, is cut, this is cutting edge right here. <laughs> this, yeah, Thanks this to Tim Kaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's just a puppet here. But the thing is, is that... Like, you know, they have an ad agency to come up with this stuff. They have to. Well, I don't know that the ad agency helped Tim Kaine here. I just think Tim Kaine is so warped on trying to find an avenue to regulate the Second Amendment that he actually thinks the word well-regulated militia in the text means he can regulate it. The absurdity of this. Like I said, when I heard this this week, I was literally, my mouth was open. I said, I can't believe I've never heard that before. Did he literally just make this up? I guess, Joseph, you think? That he did. Liberty from Richmond. You're on with Scott Lee and the Lee Brothers. Hi, uh, Scott Lee. How are you? Good. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, basically, uh, it's my understanding that uh, they teach you the first year in law school, and Tim Kaine is a lawyer, I guess, that the first 10 uh, rights are individual rights in the Bill of Rights. So it's an individual right to bear arms. It's not a militia right. No, right. It, it does say the right of the people to keep and bear arms, and the militia is the people. Yes, and, and it's an individual right. It's not the, the right of the militia to do anything. Well, the militia is the people. So, yeah, we're saying the same thing. We're saying the exact same thing. The militia is the people, as defined by George Mason, who said the militia is every free man and woman in the colonies and in the country. So it's the same thing. But Tim Kaine, to use the word regulated on the militia, doesn't mean he can regulate guns in the country as he thinks. It's a made-up, it's completely made up. Yes. Uh, it's uh, the first ten rights in the Bill of Rights are individual rights. Are, are we disagreeing? I don't know what you're, I mean, are, are you agreeing with me? Or are you? This, he thinks that it's some type of uh, militia right. The Second Amendment is like some right of a, there to be a militia. Tim Kaine is more focused on the word regulation than right. That's where his focus is. He's more, he says, well, here, I'll just play it again. Is the only amendment whose text even uses the word regulation. <laughs> a well-regulated militia, the need for a well-regulated militia gives individuals the right to bear arms. What does the phrase well-regulated mean? It's a, well, I, I thought it was kind of obvious. Tim Kaine doesn't know. Well, he says... That it's in there because people need to be regulated from the arms they use. Not as the context uh, is. It's just not. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by his take on this because I've never heard it. And when I, when I first heard it, I don't think anyone reads the Second Amendment and says, well-regulated militia. Oh, so the government's going to regulate the militia or they're going to regulate firearms? Tim Kaine thinks... 
it's a right to regulate firearms. He continued. It's not a reference to the length of somebody's beard or the kind of hat they should wear. There's an understanding that firearms are dangerous, <laughs> and if individuals are to have the right to have them, there also must need to be some appropriate level of regulation. So he misses it even then. Even the context says a well-regulated militia, not a well-regulated gun. Or well, uh, it, he missed it entirely from the beginning, but then he even missed it when he tried to reinterpret it. The term well-regulated, it make no sense to suggest this referred to a grant of regulation power to the government when the entire purpose of the Bill of Rights was to both declare individual rights and to tell the national government where the scope of its powers ended. Tim Kaine, you missed that? You're a U.S. senator. You just came up with a brand new interpretation of the Second Amendment I've never heard. And you're getting away with it. I bet the left bobblehead just went, mm 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 Yet I never heard anyone say anything about his speech on the Senate floor this week in regards to this. Your comments are next. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. In the mold of Patrick Henry, who demanded a Second Amendment. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. Scott Lee here, Richard Lee, soon to come back as we covet your prayers for his return. You know, just a little bit of study would have given Tim Kaine all he needed to know about what the term regulated means. He actually thinks he can regulate the militia. A At least we thought we had the clip. Um, the right to keep and bear arms is expressly retained for the people, not the states. So the term well-regulated ought to be considered in the context of the noun it modifies. The people, for example. And here's another thing, Tim Kaine. In every other instance where the term regulate is used or regulations are referred to in the Constitution, it specifies who's doing the regulating. And what is being regulated? However, in the Second Amendment, the framers chose only to use the term well-regulated to describe a militia and choose not to define who or what would regulate it, which we know the militia is the people. And the, the, the way to look at that is the people assemble and make the militia. It's the most unbelievable interpretation of the Second Amendment I've ever heard. Never heard this one. Tim Kaine made it up this week. Oliver from Chester, on with the Lee Brothers on WNTW. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you. Uh, I would like to say regulation. Uh, let me tell you what. As far as it goes, as for a tyrannous government, therefore, whatever a tyrannous government weapons are, we should have equal to that. Well, you're not too far off base, because when you think about the Second Amendment, you, you think about why it was formed, the necessary of the security of a free state, which meant that it was a check on a standing army. That was the purpose of the Second Amendment to the people. And George Mason knew that, by the way, great Virginian. George Mason even said so. He said the most effectual way to, to, to keep ourselves from being enslaved from a government is to make sure the people 
are armed. So we should not have anything that should infringe upon it. So if a government argues that you can't have a certain weapon, it's actually saying, in this case, by the way, if you know there's a law, there's a bill, the assault weapons bill that the Democrats have put up that would essentially regulate us back to the muskets, (laughs) single shot uh, firearm. And you citizens, that's all you can handle. You see, you serfs and peasants, no, trust us. Trust government. We got you. We'll take care of you. Don't you worry about it. You civilians can't be trusted with anything bigger than a single-shot firearm, so trust the government. Now, if you know history, you should never trust the government, ever. Government may sound real good, and you may be pleased in thinking that the government has your interests at heart, but if you are at all aware of history of the planet Earth, you should be very fearful of a government that says two things. One, trust us, and number two, you don't need that. What are we hearing right now? You don't need that. You don't need that kind of firearm. Who would need that? Who needs an AR-15? Uh, wow, I, that's scary words. I don't care. But you might think, I don't want an AR-15 in the hands of a bad guy. But remember, the gun laws that are being proposed are for you, the good guy. No gun laws for the bad guy. I mean, you do realize that, right? Tim Kaine's got his version of the gun bill out. It says he wants to ban assault-style weapons that include either a pistol grip, a forward grip, a barrel shroud, a threaded barrel, or a folding stock. Really? So now it matter what it looked like now. Now we got Tim Kaine saying, this looks funny, so we can't have it. Really? So gun laws are for the law-abiding. So Tim Kaine is saying, I don't want you, you good citizen. You can't have a pistol grip on a gun. You can't have a Ford grip on a gun. You can't have a barrel shroud on a gun, like that changes anything. Or the pistol grip doesn't change anything. You can't have a threaded barrel on your folding telescoping stock. You can't. You're the law-abiding. You can't. But the bad guys can and will no matter what Tim Kaine's bill says. The bad guys will have these firearms. So as good as we want to say, gosh, we need a bill against assault-style weapons, whatever you think an assault-style weapon is, we'll do nothing for the bad guys. That's why I opened up the hour by saying gun laws are for you. Not the bad guy. Gun laws are for you. So thank you, Tim Kaine, for restricting me, who some say is the good guy. <laughs> Others have said not so much. Um, thanks for restricting me, the good guy. Because don't put in my head, or even for a second, pretend that you're restricting the bad guy. Because the bad guy will find a way. Because guess what? They're bad guys by definition. Your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820 97.7 FM. Tim can to read the Federalist Papers. Then maybe he can understand the entire interpretation of the Constitution instead of make it up as he goes along, and that's exactly what he did. 
We'll talk about that more throughout the show, but I want to get your take on March 14th. Your high school student going to walk out of class on March 14th to protest gun laws? Really? Is that what you want? I'll give you my take and what I'm going to tell my son coming up, but I want yours too. 454-1366, 454-1366. Hey, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. There you'll find a uh, link to the Lee Brothers. Click on the Lee Brothers. It takes you to Stand for Liberty. Stanford will be a great video about compromising and losing liberty, and you don't even realize it. And, of course, Billy Graham's funeral, which um, the video there talks to people who came to the funeral and why they came. It is so heartwarming. It's unbelievable. It, Billy Graham did something amazing this week, and he didn't even intend to. Just by passing, he put emphasis where it belonged and gave his finest, greatest sermon hope to get talk about that later in the program but you can check it out 820theanswer.com 820theanswer.com click on the lee brothers and churchill the man churchill the greatest man to help in the world war ii a great video found there 820theanswer.com 820theanswer.com coming up we'll talk about your kids leaving class on march 14th and your phone calls 454-1366 lee brothers 820 wntw and 97.7 L- Where is the best news and talk? AM 820, WNTW Chester is the answer. Should be good. No, it'll be good. Why not? Why not debate? Let's debate Medicaid expansion, shall we? No, seriously. A guest is going to join me to tell me why I'm wrong. And it's not Richard. <laughs> No, seriously, I got a real true guest joining me to tell me why I'm wrong about Medicaid expansion. And should your kids be protesting? It's National School Walkout Day. That is next. Virginia citizens and American patriots and the only two-headed talk show in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. My name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend and brother, Richard Lee, is not here. This has been an interesting five weeks of radio for the Lee brothers. I mean, we both have uh, been pulled away because of our family issues. We've had guest hosts, thanks to the hatchet man, Craig, to, uh, to help us. And, and, uh, and Norm Lay, he's filled in for us. It's just been great to have super guests that have helped out the Lee brothers. It's been a very interesting year as we started out the year. And, and uh, Richard went into full-fledged surgery mode, had three or four organs pulled out. He's a lot lighter. I mean, if you don't have these organs in your body, you're – that's how you lose weight, by the way. Great weight loss program. Remove organs. Uh, Richard went through an amazing roller coaster ride, and he is uh, in rehab right now. I, I'm guessing he's listening to this radio program. Brother, we love you. We're still praying for you. And our hope is, fingers crossed, that you'll be sitting right here across from me, just to my left a little bit, in the, uh, in the studio next week. And if not, for sure, in two weeks, Richard Lee be back. So continue to pray for him and uh, the entire Lee household as we uh, – uh, just trying to get for the first two months of the year. Richard made a good point today, though. He said, hey, well, next, the rest of the year has got to be better. It can't be any worse. Okay. I'm counting on that, too. Uh, 454-1366. 454-1366. Phone line's open here. I want to get your take on national school walkout. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think teenagers ought to be protesting in the middle of school because that's what they're there for. Are you kidding me? 
Let me tell you something. I, my kids, I've, I've never turned into, into protesters. I just haven't. And they've come home with their issues. Dad, isn't this ridiculous? Uh, son, let me tell you something. You have one job. One. Not two, not three. And you have one concern. An education. Everything else, I want you to have fun. I want you to be a kid. I want you to play sports. I want you to enjoy your friends. But I want you to learn. When you go to that school, I know they don't care about your learning. Now, look at the public schools. I mean, if you're not paid attention to what your kids are, they go there, they watch movies in the school. I'm, I, it's just absurd. But I want you to go there and learn, son. That's your, that's your role. In fact, at the dinner table around uh, politics, we never talked politically. We talked about the great issues that our family holds dear and that we're concerned about, direction of our country. Now, later did I find out as we were growing up in a Lee household that those were conservative philosophies. I didn't know. I just thought they were regular philosophies about civilization, mankind. That man is desperately wicked, needs a government to restrain them, so that's why we have three branches of government to later learn that government is in a, is in a dispenser of rights, that they come from a creator. These are things I just grow up knew, just knowing. I didn't know they were conservative right-wing views. <laughs> Who knew? Same with my kids and my family. Teach them the same thing. To come to find out that there are more kids today political and protesting, to me, is outrageous. But we have the national school walkout. What's more outrageous to me is your teachers in your public schools right here in Richmond are encouraging them to do this. At 10 a.m. on March 14th, your kid is going to leave class for 17 minutes to honor the 17 students and staff members killed in Florida. Good idea? 454-1366. What are your thoughts on this? You want your, and I guarantee you it's a protest. They're not going to stay out there for 17 minutes. They're going to get out there, and they're going to stay out there. And they're going to have little banners and their little signs, and they're going to wave, you know, get rid of the guns kind of garbage. And it's all a bunch of teenagers who, quite frankly, is the reason we call them teenagers. They can't even keep their room clean, and we're giving them microphones to do things. Tim Kaine even talked about this on the floor of the Senate this week. When you see even, you know, the Florida governor or others, Republicans, starting to say we need to do this now, there is an opening in Congress. And frankly, the opening has been created by the passionate and energetic advocacy by these young people, these students, who are basically forcing us to look in the mirror. And they're saying to us, what's more important, the lives of your kids or political mm -hmm. contributions? Well, we no, unless they're Planned Parenthood contributions. But and, and not only that, Tim Kaine, it's a good thing they agree with you. You imagine if these kids disagree with you, Tim Kane? I, I doubt you would be saying, listen to these kids. They want us to look in the mirror. want us to be adults. They're pawns. Teenagers are being manipulated. Now, they're pretty good at manipulating things anyway. They're teenagers. And Tim Kane is playing them. See, look at them. Listen to them. Now we've got parents in the schools endorsing a walkout. They're going to come out in their little banners. They're going to have little posters. They're going to make them political statements, and that's what you want your kids to do. Maybe you're impassioned about it. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I want my kid to be impassioned about these things. I want my kid pro in the middle of school. You want your kid leaving school? You want the school to be a place of politics? Maybe I'm wrong on this. Here's another way to think about it. Should I release my son to go to this and do it that way too? Should I release, here, here son, 
here's an NRA flag. Walk out there and protest on the on the on March 14th at 10 a.m. Leave your classroom where I sent you to go learn and protest. Is that what you want? I I am not telling my son to do that. You're in school. You stay in school. You learn. You're not a protester. You're not going out and dealing with adult issues. You're 16. For a reason. Stay 16. Worry about what the favorite your favorite uh, song is. I don't need you worrying about issues of this magnitude. Oh, Scott Lee, they're already in the magnitude. This happened in a high school. I understand that. But what do we mean to turn our kids into little political activists? I'm shocked that the schools are promoting this. Am I really? No, I'm, no, I'm not shocked. This is exactly what happens. We got kids perpetuating this. Children now are trying to run the, the entire uh, political events. We're allowing kids to step out of school. Good idea, bad idea, 454-1366. Here's Tim Kaine again on the kids. And, and the reason that I think this one might be different is these students are standing up and challenging us. The children of our nation are asking adults to be adults. Oh, my gosh. They're asking us to look in the mirror. They, really? Kids, okay, clean your room. Nope, I can't do that. I can't clean my room. I can't take myself. But they're asking adults to be adults. It's a political agenda, Tim Kaine. Pose the question starkly. What is more important to you, your children or campaign contributions from Planned Parenthood? an interest group? Like Planned Parenthood. And I think the advocacy of the children at Parkland who suffer, but not only their advocacy, but advocacy of students all over the United States. I've done meetings with Moms Demand Action in Richmond and Northern Virginia in the last couple of days, and many students are in these meetings. The advocacy of students and their challenge to us may show us a way. It probably will show us a way. It's a motion at this point. That's all it is. It doesn't even matter what the kids are saying. They're saying get rid of all guns. A lot of them are. And I've got those clips coming up next. And your phone calls, 454-1366. What do you think about this? You can let your kid walk out of school on March 14th. Should you let them walk out? Should we allow this to happen? Should our schools be supporting it and pushing these kids out the door at 10 a.m.? I mean, shouldn't you be in school? Why wouldn't the teacher say, no, stay right here. I'm teaching here. Don't worry about a political event. You can do that at home with your family or wherever, but don't do it in the middle of school. Am I wrong? 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454-1366. Scott Lee, Lee Brothers. Richard Lee is uh, still in the hospital. Due back next week. Our prayers are, uh, prayers are coveted for him. You know, I just thought of some at the break. Maybe I'm wrong on this. I mean, the National School Walkout Day is is a, a radical leftist thing. I mean, all the lefts. Maybe we ought to, we, maybe we ought to pull, uh, turn our conservative kids into protesters. I mean, they seem to be working. Maybe all the conservatives are doing it wrong. Maybe we ought to turn our kids into little activists for our for our issues. The left does that. The left is great at little agitators. They're professional agitators. They grow little professional agitators. They go out and, and protest things. And the conservatives don't do that. Maybe we should change our entire view. Actually, maybe we should be for the National School Walkout. Dag, I'm right. All you NRA kids, walk out on March 14th at 10 a.m. Walk out of your classroom. Carry an NRA banner. Let's do what they do. 
I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek, obviously, because conservatives just don't raise their kids that way. Jim from Richmond, you're on with the Lee Brothers. Scott Lee. Hello. Uh, have you mentioned Woody Kane, uh, Tim's son, who got yes. kneecapped by the cops? Yes. And well, the, when it happened, we did. We talked about it. Uh, well, I was just wondering cause what type of role model Senator Tim might be. Apparently, we see that. Okay. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It doesn't. And, well, it and, couldn't with a bad knee. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. So, all right, that's all I wanted to oh, say. Oh, thanks, Jim. Appreciate Enjoy the call. Enjoy your show, and good luck to your brother. Thank you very much. 454-1366, 454-1366. Do we know who? We don't know who the next. Anonymous. What a great first name. Anonymous from Central Virginia. On with the Lee brothers, Scott Lee. Uh, hi, I'm actually a teacher in Central Virginia. I, I didn't want to give my name to you. Yeah, that's okay. Some schools, some schools have got a gag where we're not, we're not supposed to be talking to any kind of kids about the walkout or giving them ideas or engaging in conversation about them. That's not happening. Uh, I can tell you right now, teachers have already addressed it with their students and are telling them, hey, here's what you can do. You can walk out of the classroom. Now, is that a gag well, order I, all over Central Virginia in the public school system? That's what you're telling me? No, this is, this is a particular um, school district, but they, we've basically been told to not, not talk about it with the kids. So if a kid were to mention it to you, then you can obviously discuss it, correct? We could discuss it, but we are not to engage or encourage or let them know about it. So aren't you, wouldn't it be the right position for you to disagree with the walkout? I mean, if, they, if you're asked, are you allowed to say, no, I've got class, you walk out? It's, as, you could, as an educator, I'm, I'm telling the kids, if, if they do ask that, no, I do not think they should do it. And we should stay in class. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So maybe this is just the school my son goes to. The teacher, <laughs> he came and told me, he said, look, teachers are saying, hey, walk out and there's not going to be any consequences. I actually think there should be consequences because it's in the middle of school. Kids cut my class, they're, they're skipping. That, I'm sorry, say that again? If, if kids cut my class for that, they're skipping in my view. Good. They are. What else would you call it? I don't care for the cause. It doesn't matter. You skip the you class, it's, you're skipping. Rightfully so. Anonymous, thank you. I wish I knew your name. That Maybe my kid could go to your school. I don't blame the anonymous side of it. Trust me, I, I totally get that. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Here's what you, here's what could happen. This is uh, nationally they're talking about this. So the goal of the walkout, according to many, is obviously to pass legislation to keep us safe from gun violence in our schools, which is all about passing legislation against guns, which won't do that. Now students could be suspended. Some schools are not recognizing the walkout and plan to discipline students who participate. Good. Thank you so much, as they should. The ACLU got involved. You're probably thinking, oh, what side they come on? Well, they actually said that your school can punish you for missing class, just like they always can. But it can't punish you more harshly for protests than it were of missing class for another reason. I'm so glad the ACLU is in charge of all that. Unbelievable. The kids are being, they're pawns here. This is the problem with this whole thing. You're allowing your kid to be a pawn in a game. And the, I got an email from the Democratic Party. Yeah, they got my email address. And it's from one of the students at the school, the shooting. And it says, I am uh, one of the students in the school. We decided to take action to ensure this event will never happen again. We're calling on stricter gun laws. The letter goes on to say, students like me are protesting, marching, and speaking out for our right to live free from fear of gun violence. 
We're taking it to our elected officials and debating the president, et cetera, et cetera. Do it for the survivors who can't vote, he says. Do it for those who will never be able to vote because they were murdered in their school, their neighborhood, their place of worship. Do it so no parent will have to receive the news their child's been shot at school. Are you telling me there's a policy that would do all that? What's the law that they're proposing that would free us of fear? This is a fake utopia peddled by the liberal elite again. There is no utopia, the the side of heaven, which Billy Graham, by the way, is enjoying right now. There isn't. This is a world with evil people in it. Evil people will find their way to find guns, even with every ban you put in place. The only way to stop evil people with guns is to have some very good people stop them first. The proposals that are existing, no one's listening to. We knew about this crazed kid before we did anything. And then when he gets a gun, he comes into a gun-free zone. That's not good. The kids are pawns. They're being used that way. I'll play some clips for you next and your phone calls. 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, I'm Scott Lee, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Two of the pawns in the liberal game are from Virginia. McLean High School and uh, Woodlawn Secondary High School, all in Arlington, Virginia. Camille Ryder is one of the teenagers. Jake Bennett is a teenager. On PBS NewsHour last week, they were asked questions about the events since they're now, you know, the, the experts on this topic, kids that is, from McLean. Here's what she said. Difference between a hunting rifle and an assault rifle. There's a difference between military-grade weaponry and weaponry that's, it could be perceived as be part of American culture with hunting. What would that be? Isn't that interesting? This is a 17-year-old high school kid. What'd she say again? Start that over it. Difference between a hunting rifle and an assault rifle. You don't know. Nobody knows. I guarantee you no one knows the difference. I've had conversations with people. They don't know what assault rifle is. Difference between a hunting rifle and an assault rifle. There's a difference between military-grade weaponry and weaponry that's it could be perceived as be part of American culture with hunting. It's just, it's unnecessary. It's blatantly unnecessary. Really? You know, we, to listen to um, the teenagers talk like this without any knowledge of the Second Amendment, without any knowledge of why it was put in place, and be put on a pedestal as if they are, know all these things is nothing more than using the kids for a political agenda. Here she is again. Camille, there's also been a proposal that uh, there be more guns in schools yeah. to protect. But more guns? That's not a proposal. The proposal isn't to throw guns into school. The proposal is to help stop bad guys when they come in by having someone with an armed gun in the school. Unbelievable. Let's continue quickly. And unnecessary. You know, how much money does it cost to give every teacher no one's saying and that. potentially students the training and the weaponry that they need in order to protect themselves? All right. That's just, I'm telling you, these kids are being used. They shouldn't be. Grab your kids. Keep them at home. All right. Uh, flat out of time here. Let's go into the Medicaid debate. Coming up, Julian Walker's going to join us. He's going to take me on on that and probably beat me up pretty good. 
and your phone calls, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers on WNTW, AM820, 97.7 FM, The Answer. Virginia citizens and American patriots, the Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left is Richard Lee, of course he's not here today. It's kind of hard to do a two-headed talk show format with my co-host and my dear brother in the hospital, where he still is after four weeks. Uh, on the uh, recovery, he's in rehab. He's got one tube he has to be removed surgically this week, and then he'll be back right here. And my hope is and my prayer is he'll be sitting with me next week right here to continue with the uh, making this show 50% much better than it is. Uh, so, uh, that's the update on Richard. Now, Medicaid, Medicaid expansion. It's in the House. House has passed a Medicaid expansion, Obamacare expansion, as some have called it. The Senate is holding firm and saying not so quick. Now we're going to have to go to conferences, figure it all out. So the debate is still raging. I have, uh, always had issues with expanding it for a number of reasons. One of which I think Medicaid in general is just bad coverage, but there's federal controls. It's federal money. It seems that the, the state loses some sort of sovereignty when Medicaid comes in and starts giving you money. They already do. I know that. Medicaid expansion has a tendency to maybe crowd out some, some private health care options. Um, but mainly, can we afford it? Can we afford it? That's a big question. I think that's the big reason why we haven't expanded it in eight years. But to take me to task on this, which really isn't that hard. I mean, it's, it's really not. Julian Walker is Vice President of Communications with Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association. Julian? Good afternoon, and uh, I may I join you in wishing your brother a speedy recovery so he can be back by your side. Well, thank you, sir. Pro- to make the program 50% more talented. I'm, <laughs> quoting, I'm, I'm quoting you, of course. I understand. By the way, most people have already said that. I'm quoting other people. So I'm just, that's what they tell me. It's much better when he's here. Julian, thanks for your time here. This is, uh, this is good. And, and listen, people always say to me, you know, you need more people to disagree with you. Okay. Um, I guess we do from time to time. And, and, Julian, I know you're in favor of Medicaid expansion. The things I just mentioned, are those legitimate reasons to not support Medicaid expansion? Well, they're not legitimate reasons because we are in a situation where we are presented with a choice and we have certain sort of immovable objects or constants. One of the key constants is that government, and I'm talking about Washington, has had a heavy hand involved in health care for decades, whether we talk about Medicaid or right. Medicare programs that have been around for 50 years, dating to the presidency of Lyndon Johnson, Correct. Um, which provide care to low-income people, Medicaid, and elderly people, Medicare, at below the actual cost of care. So when a doctor or hospital sees that patient, they're actually reimbursed less than it costs them to actually deliver that treatment. And then for the past 30 years, we've had an emergency room unfunded mandate from Washington signed into law by President Ronald Reagan that says if people come up to the emergency room, whether or not they can pay, whether or not they have insurance, 
they receive treatment. So you've got decades upon decades, 80 decades combined, or excuse me, 80 years combined, uh, that, that show that healthcare is not a true free market in this country because government has had a heavy hand in it. And because of that, that means that uncompensated care is built into the system. So, so will Medicaid what, expansion what, make what, that better? Well, it addresses the elephant in the room, to use a cliche, which is that the uncompensated care exists whether or not people are paying for it, whether or not people have insurance. And so what the Affordable Care Act is attempting to do and has attempted to do is get more people insured through one form or another, and that includes coverage under what has been termed Medicaid expansion. But that because hasn't worked, right? Way, well, it, it, it has worked in the 32 states that have done it. What you've seen is that un, uncompensated care rates have gone down dramatically. The rate of the uninsured has gone down dramatically. And what you've actually seen is that health care costs, inflation and health care costs, have actually stabilized and plateaued. It actually has worked. And again, this uncompensated care, it's not this ethereal thing that doesn't matter to anybody. It gets built into costs that you and I as everyday citizens encounter. When we see our insurance rates through the health insurance that we have through our employers, when we see those rates go up or you see the headlines in the newspaper, you know, insurance rates in the marketplace have gone up 10%, 15%. That's to offset the uncompensated care. So what if we agree with system. you? What if we agree with you that premise is accurate? But why would we say that the answer to that is a federal infusion of cash that we cannot count on? Why wouldn't we say we agree with you, Julian, on the premise or what's going on, but we think we can handle that here in Virginia with the existing monies without putting us at risk of going into debt? Well, we're not. There isn't the risk of going into debt because that money is committed from Washington, and as you and really, your you don't think that's know, a risk. Well, you and your listeners know that Washington, for years and years and years, has provided substantial funding to the Commonwealth of Virginia and to states across the nation for everything from health care to transportation to education to prisons, you name it. Without that funding from Washington for a range of other public priority needs, uh, Virginia's budget would have a massive hole in it. So Agreed. If, so if, should we make it we, worse? I mean, that is an example well, of how we should expand it. That's an example of maybe how we ought to restrict it. We don't want more government federal money because that would make a bigger hole. I mean, wouldn't we want a smaller hole? Because admittedly, well, it, there's it a hole. It doesn't, make, it doesn't make a bigger hole for Virginia. It would, the hole would exist if Washington stopped providing the funding that it is committed to. But what we see year after year after year is that Washington makes good on its commitments. Yeah, but and the so system's broke. That whole system's broke. To, to say to them, hey, we want to put more in a Medicaid system, which is broken and bankrupt, essentially. I mean, Virginia already has a major, massive Medicaid spending problem. I mean, it's already well, in a problem. The, then we don't want to exasperate well, it, do Medicaid, we? Well, the, the, med the spending in Medicaid, it's very important to understand this, is driven largely by people who are in what's considered the age, blind, and disabled population. These right. are folks who are low income, who have serious disabilities, and who need intensive, often in-home care, um, often round-the-clock care. Those folks represent the smallest share of the enrollees in Virginia's existing Medicaid program, and yet they represent more than two-thirds of the cost of the program. Conversely, 
the there's no option for that other than Medicaid expansion. I mean, the Senate passed a bill well, that, that dealt people, with that, right? Those people wouldn't. Those people wouldn't. No, those people wouldn't be covered by Medicaid expansion. Those people are covered by the existing Medicaid program. The people that would be covered under Medicaid expansion are people that most resemble the parents with children, low-income parents with children, who make. Uh, about $4,000 a year. That's the cutoff for, for parents with children in Virginia. The expansion population would resemble those people, and those people are 28% of the enrollment in the existing population and just 12% of the cost. So when we talk about Medicaid costs in Virginia, existing Medicaid costs, it's important that we are honest and have an honest discussion about what's driving those costs. And what's driving those costs aren't the people that have the routine health care needs that go to the doctor when they strain right. an ankle right, or get strep throat. It's the people that have the intensive needs. That's what's driving the cost. And those people are not who would be served by the Medicaid expansion program. In fact, the Senate, the Virginia Senate program that I think you're alluding to right. would have actually um, broadened Medicaid, but for folks who have greater costs and not and would not have been eligible for the expansion funding that funding, remember, is Washington pays nine dollars, Virginia pays one dollar. That that Senate that won't. Ch- but you don't think that's going to change? You don't think the possible risk of? I mean, the Trump administration came out this week and said, "Don't take, don't don't expand Medicaid in Virginia." Well, that's 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 not entirely correct. What happened was Mick Mulvaney, former member of Congress, former Freedom Caucus member, um, who has a a well stated position on this, came out with a tweet from the OMB the Office of Management and Budget, linking to a Washington Examiner story from February 12th that cited the president's proposed budget. You and I both know, whether we're talking about Virginia or Washington, that the budget that is presented by a governor and or a president is not the final budget that Well, of course not. And and if we're talking about news coverage from February, we could also point to a story that ran in Politico in February when members of Congress, Republicans and, uh, excuse me, senators and uh, House of Representatives members, Republicans, when they met at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, they went on record saying Affordable Care Act repeal is not happening. They didn't have the votes in 2017 to get to 51. It seems highly unlikely that they have the votes to right. get to 60 in 2018. Well, that doesn't so, mean Medicaid's not at risk. I mean, there's a definitely could pull that back. So let me just, and we have one minute here left. Let me just let me just make the final the final point. Really, is the concern for those in Virginia is that this will cost too much to Virginia to add more people to the role. And um, it, but and but you're, and then and they'll let you. Yes, you you have the final word here, Julian. Thirty seconds. Thank you. And it doesn't cost Virginia anything. In fact, the savings that Virginia would derive from this, when you add up all of the new money that would come, so we're going to save Virginia, money with it. Okay. Plus all plus all the savings, Virginia actually has net state savings to the over the next several years to the tune of a hundred million dollars. Oh. So it would actually that's the first I've heard of that. That's the state that's, money. Okay, $100 million in net savings. Julian, thanks for your time. I appreciate you holding me me to task on these things. Good to talk to you, sir. Thank you, sir. You bet. That's Julian Walker, Vice President of Communications, Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Associations. You want to hear another side of this? Uh, There may be one, not just mine. Ben Knotts will join me from Americans for Prosperity. That is next. And your phone call is 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. There we are, baby. 
Virginia citizens and American patriots, the Lee brothers. I'm Scott Lee, by myself, now joined by Ben Knotts for Americans for Prosperity. Ben, thanks for joining me. Scott, it's a pleasure. I'm glad to be on today. And hope Richard gets better, brother. Been praying for him. Well, thank you. That is, uh, we feel those, I promise you. And, and it's working, despite what the left says. No, it, I, I appreciate it very much. Ben, um, I don't know that you were able to hear the interview I have with Julian Walker, which, by the way, great guy. I like him a lot. We just radically disagree on Medicaid expansion. He said something at the end that we're going to save oh, money and we're going to save $100 million. Now, I didn't know that, and that sounds – if that's true, I'm in, baby. Sign me up. Dude, when I grew, I grew up down in the coal fields, and we'd go down to the Mercer Mall, and I remember this lady would always be in the middle of the mall trying to sell me credit cards, and she would say, you won't believe how much money you're going to be able to spend. And, and I was dumb enough to get one of those credit cards one time, and the next thing I know, I'm in a lot of debt, and I have to pay it off. So, I mean, that's literally what he was saying. We are completely okay. You're going to have all this money to spend if you just go into debt uh, on the federal government to pay for. I mean, that, that's I – don't, I don't agree with that on any level. Well, what about his argument? all these bundles. What about his argument to suggest we're already getting money from the federal government and Medicaid? They haven't let us down yet. Oh, my goodness. So look at this. I mean, just, just think of it like this. Basically, <laughs> what he's saying, oh, we take money for roads. We take money for, for defense. So, therefore, we should take money for Medicaid expansion. The difference is is when you – like a person's health care doesn't have a cap. I mean, you have an idea of how much you're going to spend on a road. You have an idea how much you're going to spend on it. I mean, you're, and so when you talk about someone's health with Medicaid – you, you're literally you have, there is no cap to it, especially when it comes to people well, that. Um, go ahead. Yeah, well, here's what we found out already by expanding Medicaid in other states. That what we thought would be the amount that joined it was double and triple what we thought. So no matter what you think Medicaid expansion will cost, it will cost more because people drop either what they're doing privately or dropping other ways to join it, which is exactly. you don't want more people on it. You want people off it by definition. It, Exactly. And, uh, you know, and they, uh, they've been you've seen people saying, oh, well, Kentucky did it and Indiana did it. And they've got these work requirements that the Trump administration's granted. And that's something that I think is really important here. The Trump administration has only granted waivers to states to rein in Medicaid expansions gone amok. He has never granted them to a state to make the program bigger. And you see what Mick Mulvaney put out, who we've been in talks with at the White House, talking about these issues with him. They are very clear, and it's in that statement. We are committed to addressing the unsustainable growth of Obamacare's Medicaid expansion. That puts Virginia in direct contradiction from the direction the Trump administration is going, because we're trying to grow it, whereas they're trying to rein it in. Ben, is there is there um – is this really the only reason we should object to this is because of the cost? I mean, you're looking at it well, because mainly this is the argument. The argument is, oh, I can't afford it because all this infusion of government, federal government cash, forget the idea of federalism, lost state sovereignty, forget all that. But I'm talking about what happens is once you get infusion of cash, you start spending all kinds of places. We'll spend it on education over there and there. Before you know, our budget is backed by something that's not legitimate. Is that the only argument against this? Oh, no, there's way more arguments. But if that was the main one, I mean, the funniest thing about the, the Senate budget is it don't have expansion and all this federal fusion of money, but they actually put more money in the rainy day fund than the House does. It's just ludicrous. But just on the merits of the system itself, Medicaid, right now there are people on Medicaid 
that are waiting a month for care. Some of them are waiting up to three months, and there is a, a good proportion of them, far too many, that wait up to nine months to get any care, and they're sitting on the system. These are disabled folks. They're people that are elderly, and they're suffering, and they're, instead of fixing the system for these people that it was designed to help, they're going to f- infuse the system with a lot of healthy people to get in line with them. So, I mean, compare it <laughs> to, great enough. That's compare perfect. It to like you're a, a, yeah, right. Like, you think about it, if you're when I was when I grew up, I went to the Golden Corral, and you'd have a big line standing outside. And if you stood in, in line there, and then all of a sudden all these other people got in line, you would feel like you were being cheated. You would feel like you, you were being messed over because you've been waiting. And that's exactly how people on Medicaid said so they're not waiting for a buffet. They're waiting for care, and they're not getting it. So they need to fix the system we have, not give it out to everybody else who really, really don't need it like these people do. And people don't mind waiting in a buffet if it's for food, but for health care, it's a problem. All right, so <laughs> here, here's – I think you're, you're dead on on this. I mean, if we care about these people, and that's what this is about a lot of times. We're told that we don't care enough. Well, mainly, Ben, you're told that. I'm told I care. But you're told we don't care enough for people <laughs> – who, uh, who are the 300,000 in Virginia don't have health care. If we care for them, we better not give them more of this because this is a disaster. Yeah, I mean, and it, it really breaks my heart. I mean, I mean that because I grew up in the coal fields. I know poverty. I've lived in it. My dad's been a pastor there 30 years helping people that Medicaid is designed to target. But I will tell you this, that what we see in other states that have expanded is the people that they have justified doing this program for. There is no... No, uh, what was the word uh, they used? They said it was in a, it was in a, it wasn't worthy of the investment because the the return on investment in their health status was so negligible that it didn't justify any of it, and that's why they're trying to rein it in because the outcome that we've been trying to pursue is not achieved by it. And isn't this about outcomes, not programs, not titles? It's about outcomes, better well, health. Well, Ben, I got to tell you, man, Julian ended his conversation much better. He promised a hundred million dollars in savings. I. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about it. You're not doing it so well, well here. You know, it's... Well, let, let me end it on this, all right? I'll tell you this. Um, if they say, oh, the Trump administration will never cut costs. Well, I'll tell you this. Before the Obama administration left, they tried to cut the reimbursement rate uh, because they said it was unsustainable. So whether it's a Democrat in the White House good or point. a Republican in the White House, it's going to get cut. You're a good man. Ben, thanks for your time. Thanks, brother. Yep. Ben Nazis with Americans for Prosperity. Phenomenal name, by the way. Uh Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. I know. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, The Answer. Unless Tim Kaine gets rid of the Second Amendment or misinterprets it. Maybe we'll talk about that coming up in the uh, in the 5 o'clock hour also. How bad is his interpretation and, and, ra- and rationale behind it? You missed that at 3, we'll cover it again at 5. So that's coming up in the program. Also, no whites allowed. Thanks to Chuck Schumer, no whites allowed. We'll discuss that and more. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you right to our page. Three great videos there for your watching and listening entertainment. All at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you right there. Also, I am uh, just got a phone call from Richard. Maybe he'll join us at the top of the hour, and we can uh, get him on the air and get an update directly from my co-host, my friend, and my brother. All right, your phone call's next also, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM.
Where's the best news and talk? AM820, WNTW, Chester, and W249CI Bonaire are the answer. Just after 5 o'clock, in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Lee brothers. Okay, let's get this straight. A gas tax, uh, tariffs, and gun control. And that's just Donald Trump. Tim Kaine butchers the interpretation of the Second Amendment like you've never heard before. I promise to play that for you again. And no whites allowed? No white people? Are you kidding me? Thanks, Chuck Schumer. That is next. Virginia Citizens. An American Patriots radio was the founding fathers intended. I wish they were here right now because we're talking about the Second Amendment. It'd be good to talk to them, Jefferson and all those guys. My name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend, and my brother, Richard Lee, is still in the hospital. After four weeks, going on five weeks now, uh, after major surgery, when you get major organs removed, um, it kind of takes a while. <laughs> it takes a while to recover. Uh, and Richard has been on a roller coaster ride of recovery. And uh, he is in much better shape today. I'm happy to report the smile on my face. Richard Lee is in rehab. And I walked in there the other day, and he's sitting up in his bed. Mark, no kidding. He's sitting up in his bed, looking around, talking to someone else in the room. And I walk in, and he goes, hey, man, what's going on? I'm like, what? Richard Lee, look at you. He has one tube coming out of him. That's going to be removed surgically, I guess, sometime this coming week. And uh, Richard is on the back end of this thing, and your prayers are working. And they are continuing to be coveted as our hope and our prayer is that a miracle will happen. He will be sitting right here with me next week, if not for sure in two weeks. We'll be back to the two-headed format, which is really what makes this show <laughs> successful. Certainly isn't the one-headed format, I'll tell you that much. Um, so, Richard, uh, Godspeed, sir, and uh, hope he's listening and can be back here next week. But he's in good spirits, and thanks for your support of the Lee Brother household. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. That's just for Richard because he loves hashtag. He calls it a pound sign or a number sign. Number sign the Lee Brothers. And uh, you can tweet us there or Scott Lee underscore bro. That's my Twitter account. Richard's working on one. No, we're getting into the... It's 2018. We figured we had to step up here. So hashtag Lee Brothers, anything you tweet out, and uh, we'll certainly see it there. Thanks so much. Phone lines are open, 454-1366. 454-1366. You want to talk about the March 14th where your kids step out of the high school to protest? We'll take your call on that. You want to talk about Tim Kaine and the Second Amendment? We'll talk about that. But first, this. Texas. University of Texas, San Antonio, plans to start a new publication called Whites, or I'm sorry, No Whites Allowed. Yeah, that's fair. That, that's a really great way to unite America, isn't it? A No Whites Allowed magazine on a, on a university campus. White people are welcome to attend the launch party, as they say. Their support is appreciated. But it's about colored people. And more specifically, they're more concerned about queer colored people, which really makes it interesting. Don't know why that matters so much. Zine release. The magazine was revealed March 1st, which was yesterday. Texas' first vegan restaurant with a full bar and performance will host the event. Sounds like a fun place to go. Of By the way, the most tolerant people, I'm sure, will be at this place because they self-proclaimed tolerant. 
They specifically want to feature black and brown. I don't know what this is. LGBTQA creatives. Hmm. Someone help me there. 454-1366 says, we hope to showcase our talent and create an open space for our voices to be heard, unquote. Well, unless you're white. I mean, open space, not so much. Why don't you just admit it's a racist organization. You don't want white people there. Now, if this was the other way around, we would burn the country down. But it's not. It's no whites allowed. No white queer people. I guess if you're black and queer, you're welcome, or you're brown, as some would say. The uh, founder of this is noting that while white people are welcome to come to the event, the main goal is to celebrate and empower people that society routinely ignores and rejects. Like Barack Obama, the President of the United States for eight years. Yeah, he was part of the society of routinely ignored and rejected. Or LeBron James, if it's the routinely ignored and rejected stereotype. In this case, though, it's more about, I guess, the rejection of white people. The name of the group is called No Whites Allowed, and it's a magazine on university campus. Oh, don't worry. That's just the universities. That's not expanding. It went... It is expanding somewhere else? Chuck Schumer this week refused to nominate Marvin Cattlebaum because he's a white man. If I could have gotten... That's not the clip. That's Dianne Feinstein talking about it. Here's the clip of Chuck Schumer saying, no more white people. The nomination of Marvin Cattlebaum speaks to the overall lack of diversity in President Trump's selections. Well, I I didn't... I guess we can stop it there, but... Lack of diversity? So this is now the number one reason to have a judge? It's now the number one goal of the judiciary? Is diversity, not quality? Chuck Schumer, I think the ideals of judging people by the content of their character and skills instead of the color of their skin, I think you missed that entirely. Why wouldn't you say... This guy's unqualified. You went right to race? You think it's about his color of his skin? The nomination of Marvin Quattle. Well, it was playing there. Yeah, we lost it. Darn it. Such a good quote. You got to hear Chuck Schumer. Let's see if we can get it again. The nomination of Marvin Quattlebaum speaks to the overall lack of diversity in President Trump's selections for the federal judiciary. Mr. Quattlebaum replaces not one but two scuttled Obama nominees who were African-American. The Trump administration, like in so many other areas, is taking a giant step backward, this time when it comes to diversity of their nominations. I'll be voting no on the Quattlebaum nomination. Because he's white! I'm voting no because he's white. If he was black, this is his own words, if he was a black man, I would vote for him. This is insane. I thought it was just Texas University. I thought it was just our campuses. Chuck Schumer, you're a racist. Oh, no, that's not what everyone's saying. Oh, he's a good guy. He's just a bit confused. He's a moron. He ought to be, he ought to, if this was the other way around, I am telling you, it would burn the Capitol down. If some Democrat, if some Republican or even a Democrat stood up there and go, you know what? This guy's not white. I'm not voting for him. This guy replaces two white judges. I'm not voting for him because he's black. Could you imagine? This is acceptable? This is unbelievable to me.
all because of diversity is 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 not are we saying that from now on that we have to look at the color of their skin before we confirm them by the by the way this guy this quadabomb was confirmed Thursday 69 to 29 hmm sounds like it's pretty overwhelming they agree on his character and his ability to be a judge but no we're gonna judge people by the color of their skin chuck schumer you racist he, he's is, is uh, you tell me is chuck schumer a racist is this a racist statement what should you do if he was your u.s senator what would you do 454-1366 454-1366 lee brothers 820 wntw and 97.7 fm making radio great again it's the Lee Brothers on WNTW, AM 820, 97.7, FM, The Answer. The Lee Brothers, 820, WNTW, 97.7, FM, 97.7, FM. Missing Richard on this great Friday as he is in rehab and recovering. 2018 has been an interesting year for us. There's no question about it. I can only go up from here. Um, hashtag the Lee Brothers is how you can send us a tweet, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll follow it there. Thanks so much for uh, chiming in at Patriots at theleebrothers.com. Patriots at theleebrothers.com. So many of you have already sent great emails today, especially about Tim Kaine's comments on the Second Amendment, which um, I can't get over them. We'll talk about them at 535 again. It's the most amazing statement. Uh, I've ever heard on the Second Amendment. In fact, it's the first time I've ever heard the argument to suggest that it could be regulated because it has the word regulated in it. <laughs> it's just, just ridiculous. I wish we as a culture could move past the identity politics that the left has given us. The left can't look in, into a room. They can't walk on stage and look at a crowd of people without seeing differences and dividing us. They, they can't walk into, I mean, it's like Michael Rao at the VCU graduation, walking into his graduation and looking around the room and saying this is the most diverse campus on purpose, which meaning he made it on purpose. This, this unbelievable ability to see differences is a disease. And the left is incredible at this. Why can't you look at a group of people as people? Why do you put them in identity politics and women and all the rest of it? It just seems outrageous to me. Chuck Schumer, you ought to be ashamed of yourself through your comments this week. To say that you're not going to vote for a judge because he's white. I mean, how far do you want to take this? What if someone else said, I'm not going to vote for this candidate because he's black? There's not enough, there's not enough uh, white people on the, on the judiciary. Could you imagine that? you imagine a white guy saying the same thing as Chucky? The nomination of Marvin Quattlebaum speaks to the overall lack of diversity in President Trump's selections for the federal judiciary. Imagine it the other way around. Mr. Quattlebaum replaces not one, but two scuttled Obama nominees who were African-American. The Trump administration, like in so many other areas, is taking a giant step backward. No, this time, when it comes to diversity of their nominations, I'll be voting no on the Quattlebaum nomination. If it was the other way around, it would be disastrous. But it, he can get away with it. Even the left lets that happen. 
The left ought to be even more outraged. That ought to be going, how dare you judge people by the color of their skin? Quattlebaum is just a human being. Oh, I guess he's a white guy. Have to notice that now. But he's just a judge. Chuck Schumer, can he do the job? Do you think he can honestly be a judge in this country? No, you, can't. you do not think he can because he's not black. Chuck Schumer went on to say that as of February 14th, 83% of President Trump's confirmed nominees are male. So, what does that have to do? Would it be better if 92% were female? And why does it matter that they're male versus female? Maybe they're the best people he could find. Are you suggesting that Trump picked them out because they're male? I think that's a huge charge. But what if they're really, really good? Does it matter that your stat seems to say that 83% of them are male? You could turn it around and say 17% of them are female. Why isn't that a good stat? Or I guess there's more than two genders. Is Chuck Schumer upset that there's only one gender mention? I don't know. He said 92% were white. Well, thanks for noticing. Thanks, Chuck, for pointing that out. It's a good thing. No one else noticed it. Just notice people. He goes on to say that represents the lowest share of non-white candidates in three decades. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Again, who cares? It's long past time the judiciary starts looking a lot more like the American it represents. Why? Why does it matter that it looks like America? Doesn't it matter that it upholds the law in a way it should be? The scale, you know, the blind woman holding the scale, shouldn't that be the way it is? Are you telling me white people can't represent black people or black people can't represent white people? Because that's the obvious next conclusion. If you believe, Chuck Schumer, that white people can't represent black people, then you're going to have to also admit that black people can't represent white people. You're a racist. Or you'd have to continue it and say males can't represent females in the judiciary which means that females can't represent males. The insanity of this is ridiculous. He goes on to say, having a diversity of views and experiences on the... Oh, it's now it's a difference of views and experiences. No, that's not what you're saying. You're saying it's more about color of skin and gender. He says, the diversity of views and experiences on the federal bench is, ne- is a necessity for the equal administration of justice. It is? Wow, if that's true, we got a bigger problem. Because you're the one injecting politics into everything. We are in a wrong position to ask or to, to, to let's see, how can I reword this? We're, it's, it's wrong to say that we've divided so much that only certain people can represent certain people. If that's the case, Chuck Schumer, you're a U.S. senator. You can't represent any women in your state. Zero. So we ought to fire you and hire a woman. Of course, and the woman couldn't represent the men. This is insanity. This is what the left has given us. Pure insanity. It's craziness. All right, coming up. I want to talk about Billy Graham for just a second and how Trump addressed it. I thought it was great. We'll take that and your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. The Circus Clowns of Talk Radio. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Arguably. Arguably. You could argue this. 
The best sermon Billy Graham ever gave was today. He lay in his casket, and his testimony was an amazing sermon. So I tell my kids all the time, what's your life say? What's your life story? What's it pointing people to do? Billy Graham is an amazing human being. Look what he's done. Look at the lives he impacted. There couldn't be a bigger saint. Billy Graham helped us focus on what was important. As Dad always said, there's things that matter and things that don't. Billy Graham lived a life concerned about the things that mattered. And even our president spoke about it. Just a few months later, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That choice didn't just change Billy's life, it changed our lives. It changed our country and it changed, in fact, the entire world. The North Carolina farm boy walked out of those fields into a great and beautiful history. God used Billy Graham to impact lives and it lives for eternity. God bless him for making the country and the world better and for Donald Trump to recognize it. Which, by the way, isn't that hard. I mean, he did have a massive impact on lives. All right, check us out at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Three great videos there. One about standing for liberty. One is about Billy Graham, the funeral, why people were there. It's a great interview to hear about the guests. And, of course, Churchill, the man. All there at 820 The Answer. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you right to our page. All right, coming up. I, I can't get over Tim Kaine. He butchered the Second Amendment like I've never heard before. This is a unique take on the Second Amendment. I'll play it for you and take your phone calls. 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820 97.7 FM The Answer. Virginia citizens and American patriots, just after 5.30 in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left, Sometimes my far left is Richard Lee, who is not here. He'll be back next week, I hope. He's in rehab doing very, very – it's unbelievable the difference between this guy. I mean, I walked into the hospital, and he's, like, practically dancing on his bed. No, not that much, but gotta, I know. He's got, a, he's got a tube coming out of him. I mean, he just looks fantastic and uh, lost some weight, obviously. I guess if you remove three major organs, you lose weight by definition. <laughs> If you could remove, like, part of me, I would lose weight. There's no question about that. But <laughs> Richard is uh, is in great spirits. Your prayers are still coveted, and they're working. Miracle will be Richard to be here next Friday, but most likely in two weeks. My co-host and my friend will be sitting here across from me, making this radio at least 50% better. 
All right, check us out at uh, 820theanswer.com and click on the Lee Brothers. It takes you to our page where we also archive our shows. We've got a lot of uh, questions about where they can hear the Lee Brothers, and um, you can see those uh, all there. And hashtag the Lee Brothers, or as Richard says, pound sign the Lee Brothers. The Lee Brothers is our uh, is how you reach us by Twitter. So um, there you have that. All right, I've got it. I can't help it. I mean, Tim Kaine is a uh, – hey, Tim Kaine is – People walk by the door, I'm waving. No one can see that on the radio? What are you talking about? Forgot this wasn't TV. All right, so um, Tim Kaine is, uh, has showed his ignorance of the Second Amendment. Now, if you've not heard this, there's a reason why I'm playing it again. We played it in 3 o'clock hour, but you've got to hear this because it's just unbelievable. And I, honestly, it's the first time I've ever heard this kind of rationale for the Second Amendment. Tim Kaine took to the floor on, on uh, this week in the floor of the Senate, began to rebuke three things that he has to, to – um, to defend, and here he is on number three. And the third liar falsehood that we had to confront repeatedly from the National Rifle Association was gun safety rules violate the Second Amendment. That is just flat out wrong. In fact, the Second Amendment is the only amendment whose text even uses the word regulation. A well-regulated militia the need for a well-regulated militia gives individuals the right to bear arms. What does the phrase well-regulated mean? Not what you think. It's not a reference <laughs> to the length of somebody's beard or the kind of hat they should wear. There's an understanding that firearms are dangerous, and if individuals are to have the right to have them, there also must need to be some appropriate level of regulation. It doesn't mean that! Because the word regulated is in the Second Amendment doesn't mean the federal government is designed to regulate it. What a bone... This guy could take anything out of context. By the way, context means something. If I were to say the word hand to you, because right now we're defending, we're trying to define what the word regulated means in the Second Amendment. If I were to say the word hand to you, what would it mean? You don't know. It could mean hand on a clock. It could mean my literal hand. It could mean assistance. It could mean applause. It could mean a lot of things. What if I said, give me a hand? What do I mean then? Well, then you still don't really know. Other than a literal hand on the end of my arm, it's probably not that one. But it still could mean assistance, applause, or a hand on a clock. It could still mean those things. But if I said, give me a hand with this heavy box, then you know exactly what I'm referring to when I say hand. Tim Kaine never went through hermeneutics. He never went through studying the English language and what it actually means. He actually thinks, for the first time I've ever heard this argument, that when the Second Amendment reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state, and the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, he actually thinks the term regulated means that the federal government should regulate firearms. I have never heard this argument. 454-1366, what's your thoughts on this? This is a U.S. senator butchering the Second Amendment. The term meant the natural reading of it, like I've always read it, a well-regulated militia, a well-organized, put-together militia, which is the people, Mason told us this, George Mason told us the militia is the people, being necessary for the security of a free state. So it means the militia is to be well-organized, not regulated by the national government. What's interesting is, when Tim Kaine starts with his comments about what the Second Amendment says, 
It's interesting. Listen. That is just flat out wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. In fact, the Second Amendment is the only amendment whose text even uses the word regulation. It's also the only amendment that says this, shall not be infringed. It is the only amendment that says shall not be infringed. Instead, pointing to that, Tim Kaine points to the word regulated. So let's talk about the Second Amendment for a second. The purpose of it from the founders is guaranteeing the right of the people to keep and bear arms as a check on a standing army. What standing army? The standing army that the Constitution just gave the Congress the power to raise. And Patrick Henry and others said to to James Madison, second. Number two is a big deal. And, And Tim Kaine, a U.S. senator, actually believes that the term regulated is referring to regulating you on what guns you can use. Pure insanity. And it's a wrong interpretation. I've never heard it before. It's the first time ever. I guarantee you missed it. I picked it up this week on the Senate floor. Mike from New Kent, 454-1366. Thanks for calling. I'm Scott Lee. Hey, Scott. How you doing, man? Good. I wanted to, well, first of all, prayers, continue prayers for your brother in the speedy recovery. Thank you, sir. Um, in regards to Tim Kaine's remark, you know, this, the Second Amendment, as we all know, was was written, uh, and it's one, it's one of the greatest rights that we have besides freedom of speech. Where, where he's missing the mark on is the when he says a well-regulated militia, if he were continue to read the Second, the Second Amendment, says maintain a status of independence. Darn it. I lost you, Mike. Are you... Hang on just a second. Repeat that for me. Oh, come on. All right, put him on hold. Maybe he'll cheer up in a second. But I think you're right, Mike. I think you're right. The well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. He didn't do that. Of course, he doesn't read the entire Second Amendment. He got stuck on the word regulated, and he butchered it. He's ne- no one has ever made the case that the term regulated means that people like Tim Kaine, the kings and queens in government, can regulate the Second Amendment. No one's ever made that interpretation until now. Tim Kaine just did it. Is Mike back? Is he? All right, let's let's go back to Mike. Mike, can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. So I'm sorry about that. Lost it. But what the Second Amendment says is that which might attempt to abuse them, which would include their own government. I, I didn't hear you there entirely either, um, but I, I, I got the gist of it. I mean, the gist of it is simple, that the government and, it's, and the Second Amendment did not say to the federal government, hey, regulate us. In fact, the Bill of Rights was there for a reason. The term well-regulated, it would make no sense to suggest it's referred to a grant of regulation power to the government. When the entire purpose of the Bill of Rights was to declare individual rights and then tell the national government the scope of what it could do. Come on, Tim Kaine. Is it really that hard? All right, uh, line number 18, Alan from Amelia. You're on with the Lee brothers. Hey, uh, I don't know if Tim Kaine is just that stupid or if he's just being willfully ignorant. You know, I think what he really is saying is, I don't care what the Second Amendment says. I want to do what I want to do, which is to regulate the people in direct contravention of what the founders 
of this country and the framers of the Constitution uh, were explicitly intending to do. That's right. And, you know, the Second Amendment is a pre-existing right. It wasn't created by the framers. Thank it you. It is a right created by God. That's right. And it's exactly right. And who is to come in and think that he can overrule God? That, that, that is, thank you for saying that because you're, you're exactly right. This is a right of, of defending your freedom. It's God-given. Tim Kaine, I, I, Alan, I think what Tim Kaine did, because I listened to the entire speech, and it was brutal, but this, this segment of him saying this was literally 45 seconds long, and I almost think it was a throwaway line, except you can't just have a throwaway line on the U.S. Senate talking about the Constitution. It shows his ignorance, and, right. and that is what I want to point out here. The argument has never been made before. I've never heard this. And I, you know, I've been trying to defend the Second Amendment for 17 years on the air with Richard and I, and never heard this argument. I think he made it up. Well, I, I think he's just doing whatever he can to try to achieve his end. But I appreciate you pointing it out. Oh, listen, I, my jaw dropped when I heard it. Alan, thanks. If you want to go on hold, I'll give you an honorary Lee Brother bumper sticker. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. You bet. Thank you. Uh, we up against the clock. We have Okay, caller, stay on hold. We'll come get you in just a second. This is I'm passionate about this because Tim Kaine is a U.S. senator. And how could you miss this so badly on not the Fourth, the Sixth, the Tenth Amendment, but the second one? More of your phone calls next. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait. That's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. <laughs> That's a good bump in. No, it really is. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM, just after 545 here in the capital, the Commonwealth of Virginia, home of Jefferson, Madison, and Henry, those guys that uh, understood the Second Amendment better than Tim Kaine did. Look, I get it. I understand the frustration of people doing crazy things with guns and the need to stop it and the want to stop it. But you can't overlook or reinterpret the Constitution to mean whatever you want. That's exactly what Tim Kaine has done here. He invented a new interpretation that I've never heard before by saying that a well-regulated militia in the Second Amendment means that he can regulate it. This text even uses the word regulation. <laughs> a well-regulated militia, the need for a well-regulated militia gives individuals the right to bear arms. What does the phrase well-regulated mean? You obviously don't know. It's not a reference to the length of somebody's beard or the kind of hat they should wear. There's an understanding that firearms are dangerous and if individuals are to have the right to have them, there also must need to be some appropriate level of regulation. That is not at all what that means. I cannot believe that argument, and it's come out of nowhere because I've never heard it before. That's your U.S. Senator from the Commonwealth of Virginia. 454-1366. Dave from Richmond. You're on with the Lee brothers, or at least me, Scott Lee. Scott, uh, enjoy your show. I'm uh, I'm a new listener and a first time caller. Wow, um, you're hitting it out of the park as as far as you know your comments on this. And uh, you know it is shocking that a U.S. senator would be that ignorant of the Constitution. You know when he when he comes out and says that 
that the re- it's the well regulated part um, is what gives us he says gives us our right to bear arms is the regulation which clearly that's not what the framers intended if you read any of the you know federalist papers or any of the writings of the framers um, they put it second for a reason number one uh, and you know it, I just it's it's really kind of stunning. The other, the other point that he makes, and I only caught a snippet of it because of the, the, the clip, but he makes a comment about uh, the third lie that they've had to refute from the NRA is, is regarding firearm safety. Uh, I'm a life member of the NRA. Um, the NRA has done more for firearm safety uh, than, than our Congress has done in the last 40 years as far as training police officers. No question. And, and, and training, you know, just, just citizens. They also have the Eddie Eagle program, which deals specifically with school safety. And I, I guess the only other comment I just want to make quickly was I think the great, uh, great takeaway or maybe the thing that can, um, you know, encourage us in this situation is I think we have a president that finally we have a doer in the White House. He gets things done. And I really believe – um, I'm a retired police officer. I, I escaped the People's Republic of New York uh, about seven <laughs> months ago. Congratulations. And, Welcome home. But, but I, thank you. But I, we have a president who believes in that government's role is to not to solve things and not to do do everything for for the people, but to certainly to use the power of the government to fix you know problems or to you know to 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 put. Um, yeah, you know, solutions solutions forward, and sure. I think I think the president is going to. You know, I, I, the best quote I heard within the last couple of weeks since this tragedy is that we do a better job of protecting our banks than we do of protecting our children. Right. As, as a former cop, I'm all about protecting our kids. We got to do something, and and we got to do it now. We, and, and, and here's we, what else we learned. Here's what else we learned out of Florida sure. is that the government can't protect us. No, that, that we have to protect ourselves to some degree, and that's what the Second Amendment is all about. And not only that, it's against protecting us against government overreach. Um, Dave, thanks for um, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Commonwealth, home of Jefferson, Madison, and Henry. And I think we ought to uh, have a Lee brother honorary Lee brother bumper sticker on your new car down here. So along with your new Virginia license plate. So right, thank if you, you very much. put you on hold, we'll get you an honorary Lee brother bumper sticker to go on that. Uh, on your car. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it so much. 454-1366. Is Mike still with us or did he? Okay. He jumped off too. Okay. Um, Here's the ultimate point. The ultimate point is you cannot, you cannot make up what you want the second amendment to mean. As Dave said, go to the original intent, find out what they really meant. And what you'll find is really shocking. You'll find that the overall purpose of the Second Amendment was a check on a standing army. It wasn't saying you have a right to hunt. It wasn't saying you have a a, a, a right to uh, shoot deer. It was saying we need a check on a standing army because the Congress just gave us the power, or the, the uh, Constitution just gave Congress the ability to build an army. So the next step was, holy cow, we better keep them at bay. That's the Second Amendment. It makes you rethink a lot of things, like the AR-15, which was a civilian weapon before it was a military weapon. Maybe civilians should have access to AR-15s if that's the founder's principle. Think about it. Don't, let's not be emotional. I don't want these things to happen any more than you, but we can't just look past a Constitution or reter- interpret it the way you want to. 
United States Senator Tim Kaine. Unbelievable. We will remind you of this forever because we've got a clip of it. That's one reason. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, The Answer. And that's a wrap. And if Richard is here, he'd tell you what kind of wrap it is. I guess it's hospital food wrap is what he would say. <laughs> Whatever it is. I know he's listening. Get well, my brother, and get, get out of there, and let's do this show next week. What do you say? All right, your prayers are still coveted for him. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. There you have three great videos. By clicking on the Lee Brothers, takes you right to Billy Graham's funeral, which is amazing. As people begin to um, stand there, you get to hear their, uh, their take on things. Um, and then, of course, we archive our shows there at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes you right to, to that. All right, coming up. Cut to the chase with Senator Amanda Chase. She's actually sitting right here in front of me, and she's expecting your phone calls all at 454-1366. So the callers can hold on the line and talk to you. Which Talk about Tim Kaine and how insane he is about the Second Amendment. Lost his his mind. Um, but also, Patriots at theleebrothers.com is how you reach us. Or hashtag the Lee Brothers. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. I'm starting to really like this hashtag thing, this whole Twitter thing. Scott Lee underscore bro. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. I'm learning I'm learning all about that. Amanda Chase coming up. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.